Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatim al-Anbiya wa ala alihi al-Askiya wa ashabihi al-Atqiya amma ba'd. Learning how to prioritize things in life is one of the greatest steps in maturity that you begin to understand that in this moment, this is a priority over this. Right now, I should be focusing on this instead of that. Younger folks misprioritize all the time. They think it's a good idea to spend $100,000 on a car before you even have figured out where you're going to live. They think it's smart to go and add a $10,000 speaker system into their car without even having basic asset like real estate locked down or before they've even paid out their loans and debts of life or have secured basic fundamental assets. Misprioritizing is, you know, it's the unfortunate reality of being young. But then there are some people who reach a level of efficiency and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up their heart to such wisdom that they are able to prioritize at the most elite level, where it's just a whole different area, a whole different world they exist in. And because these people are functioning at that level, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is inspiring their hearts, they then rise above everyone else. If we look at Luqman's wisdom to his son, it's all about priorities. He's teaching him in Surah Luqman, you need to prioritize this and then prioritize this and do this and don't do that. If this young child learns what's important in life and what must be given first attention and then what's second and then what's third, you will be able to live your life effectively. If you have a hundred things in front of you and all those things are amazing and you want to do all of them at once, that will feel really good today. 
But over a period, you will find yourself burnt out, exhausted, and drowning, unfortunately, unable to do any of it. Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar during the Hajj season would gather the people together and every year he would ask this question, where are the people of Yemen? Afikum Ahlul Yemen. They would identify themselves that we are the group that has traveled for Hajj this year from Yemen. He would say, Afikum Ahlul Qarn. Where is the tribe of Qarn from among you? So they would identify themselves. One particular year when he asked the following question, Afikum Uwais, is Uwais Al-Qarni from you? Uwais bin Amir Al-Qarni. One of the people said, why do you ask about him? So Umar responded by saying, I long to meet this man. For Rasulullah told me of him. So they said to him, he is in his tent worshipping. Umar went to his tent and saw this man, very simple and humble, a person that you wouldn't turn your eye towards twice, with his hands raised, crying in front of Allah. And Umar asked him, are you Uwais? So he said, yes, that is me. He said, is it true that you had an illness, a skin disease, كَانَ بِكَ barsun, leprosy? And you are cured from this illness, but for a small portion. He said, yes, that's me. I actually had an illness, and I was cured from most of it, but for a small portion. You have a mother? He said, yes. So then Umar said, سَمِعْتُ رَسُولُ I heard the Prophet of Allah saying, يَأْتِي عَلَيْكُمْ أُوَيْسُ بْنُ عَامِرٍ مَعَ أَمْدَادِ أَهْلِ الْيَمَنِ مِنْ مُرَادِ ثُمَّ مِنْ قَرْنِ That a man will come to you from the delegations of Yemen by the name of Uwais bin Amir, from the people of Murad, and then from there the tribe of Qarn. كَانَ بِهِ بَرَسٌ فَبَرِئَ مِنْهُ إِلَّا مَوْضِعَ دِرْهَمْ He had a skin illness which was then cured minus a small portion. And he has a mother that he was very loyal to and he was very righteous to her. His relationship with Allah is such that if he makes a promise to Allah, Allah will fulfill that promise. He has such a relationship with Allah, this man, that if he asks something from Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never turn him down. O Umar, the Prophet is saying to him, if you have the ability to request him to pray on your behalf, then be sure to do that. So he says to him, please make dua on my behalf to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in one narration, he said to him, I request you to make dua on behalf of the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So now who is this person? He had an illness, we know that. He had a mother that he was dutiful to, we know that. Uwais al-Qarni tells his own story. He says that when I was in Yemen, 
everyone was traveling out to Medina Munawwara up north to visit Rasulullah And they were being honored with the beautiful and most prestigious title of being Sahaba. They were now technically included in the category of people who had received the pleasure of Allah as promised by Rasulullah As the Quran speaks of them. And when it came time for me to go, I realized that by going to Yemen, I would have to leave Mama behind. And Mama was in no shape to look after herself. So I had to choose. But I see the most beautiful face in the world, the most precious human being to be created. Or will I stay at home with Mama? And as hard as it was for him, he stuck back to take care of his mother and sacrifice the opportunity to meet Rasulullah Only Allah knows how much he must have cried and how much he must have doubted himself. That I did, did I do the right thing? Was it necessary? Was there another way? Could I have made it work? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the other side, other side informed Rasulullah of this man and who he was. And Nabi sallallahu is so touched by his intelligence and his wisdom and his ability to prioritize that the Prophet of Allah tells Umar radiallahu an out of all companions that if you find Uwais bin Amr al-Qarni then ask him to make dua for you. Imam Shamsuddin al-Dhahabi in his Seer Alam al regarding Uwais bin Amr al-Qarni he says Al-Qudwatu al-Zahidu Sayyidu al-Tabi'een fi zamanihi he was a leader. He was one that abstained from worldly pleasures. Sayyid Tabi'in fi zamanihi, the leader of the Tabi'is, that whole generation during his time. He was from the friends of Allah, those that were conscious. And he was from those servants of Allah who were sincere. He spent his life in worship, a very simple life. You know, in some narrations we are told that Uwais when he lived in Yemen with his mother, people looked down upon him because he wasn't able to provide for himself. He would eat from the dump wasteland, grab some scraps from here and there and feed himself and feed his mother. Some narrations tell us that he barely had a garment to cover his body. And with all of this in place, with all of this said, Rasulullah is mentioning and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling Umar radiallahu anhu to seek this person's dua. So there are a few lessons that we can learn. The first thing is obedience to one's parents and commitment to your parents. Understand that taking care of them will result in Allah taking care of everything for you. All doors will open up. You just have to be patient. When people get old and you grow old, well, your personalities can clash as tempting as it may be to just walk away and say, lose my number and I'm going to lose yours. That's not how we do things as Muslims. Allah says that, that you don't shrug them off. Rather, you try and you keep trying. And I, I, I can accept and I understand that relationships are complicated and they're not easy and they're very hard. And it will probably be the most stressful thing you will deal with in your life. Dealing with your enemy will be easier 
dealing with your own relatives. This is all true. But this is why Rasulullah gives us the virtue of dealing with family members too. Wasirul Arham. This is why Nabi Sallallahu is promising us Jannah for being patient. Man wasalani wasalahu That relationships will be in the form of a body and will say to Allah in the Day of Judgment, Oh Allah, whoever joined me in the world, join with them. And whoever cut away from me in the world, Ya Allah, cut away from them. So this is the first thing we learn from Uwais radiallahu an story. The second thing that we learn from Uwais radiallahu an story is be righteous wherever you are. Allah will elevate your name wherever Be the best version of yourself where you are. Whether you're sitting in this masjid, another, another masjid, that masjid, whether you're reading salah with a thousand people behind you or one person behind you. Don't get caught into the buzz. I can't emphasize this enough because today's world is all a buzz. Rarely will you find someone that's happy with one small khidmah. Everyone thinks this is some sort of a corporate world where you're supposed to constantly climb some sort of a corporate ladder. That today I'm leading salah in this masjid, now my goal is to go to that masjid and then to go to that masjid. And today I'm sitting in this masjid and then from here I have to upgrade to that one, then from here I have to upgrade, upgrade to that one. Stop all this. This is, now how, this is not how it works in the deen. This is not how the deen works. In the deen, you find your corner in this dunya where you can take care of the hukuk of your family, connect to a masjid, worship Allah, go into sajda, enjoy that moment, and that's it. If you're lucky, a few weeks after you pass away, your grave will be unmarked and no one will know you after that again. Your case will be closed. Nothing will be held against you. That's the sort of goal. And Awais bin Amin al-Qarani lived that simplicity. He then later on moved to Kufa and served in the army of Ali radiallahu in the battle of Sifin where he also was martyred. So he lived a life worshipping in obedience to his mother. And on the other end of his life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted him with the honor of God. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala us to learn from inspire us to live like these great legends and righteous servants. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.